This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everyone, if you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10 to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. And now to today's episode. I really want to speak to Alex Dreyfus. It's been a couple of years since I spoke to him. As many of you know, one of my core thesis is that social tokens, or in Chile's case, fan tokens, are going to be a big unlock. They're harder to do. They require a lot of work. We're seeing Reddit, we're seeing the Ape token, we're seeing Chili's. They're the three big ones that I see out there right now. And Alex is in the trenches with this. He's also looking at culture, community, and seeing what you can unlock using blockchain technology. And so I really want to catch up to find out where he is with all of this, what's going on, and where the opportunities lie. The world of crypto is an incredibly exciting journey that we're all going on together. We don't know where it's leading to, but we know it's going to be absolutely massive. Join me, Raoul Pal, as I guide you on our adventure to discover just what this new world will look like. Alex, good to see you, my friend. Hi, Raoul. How are you? I'm good. It's a crazy old world out there. So, and... <laughs> you know but last last time we spoke was almost exactly two years ago i believe two years ago and the world was quite yeah. different at that point it was so simple <laughs> it's never simple that's the answer <laughs> i mean you've tried i mean what you're doing is an impossible task that nobody's achieved before which is to you know well talk to people about let's get across <laughs> what what you're doing what socios is what it does in case people didn't see the first interview uh, how dare you not watching the first interview? Let's put a link below. And uh, so now, so a bit of a background about us, uh, Chili's and Socios. Uh, Chili's being the blockchain, uh, the foundation of what we are doing and the token and Socios being the consumer facing product that we launch end of 19, early 2020. Uh, I'll say fast forward now since we spoke two years ago, which I believe was like, yeah, February 21. Um, we are 300 people, 300 employees. Uh, we have nine offices all over the world. We are working with 100 plus, 120 plus sports property. And we have a very simple mission. Our mission is to try to tokenize sports team by creating something that we call fan tokens, which are fungible tokens. They are not NFTs. And these fungible tokens are sort of like a membership program that we tokenize. So we started in 2018 and 19 with Paris Saint-Germain and Juventus, two European soccer teams. And now we have more than 80 uh, football teams or soccer teams, Arsenal, Barcelona, Man City, uh, Inter Milan, AC Milan, etc. Um, and we issue these tokens. These tokens give you a right to vote on decision of the club that are neither business or sports. They are in the middle. They are all about fan engagement. And our mission is simple, is to try to help sports team leagues, but mainly sports team, to engage and monetize their 99% of sports fans that are not in the stadium, not in the city, and sometimes not even in the country of the team they are supporting. And that's how it's all started. And till now it worked pretty okay. It's been difficult, of course, like everybody else. But we've been very lucky because we, we are almost the only one doing what we do, and we have a massive network effect uh, in, the pro, in, the, in the business that we, we are running. So... And we've talked a bit about this, but where are the clubs in their understanding of this? Because at first it's like, oh, yeah, we'll do this. It's a bit of marketing promotion. But, you know, you've had the hard job of explaining, no, no, this is, you know, like Man United, they've got whatever, 800 million fans around the world, but only a few come to the club. Or if not, yep. they have to monetize it via TV rights. But how are, are clubs getting their heads around this yet? So <laughs> so it's... it's um... 
it's been a journey. You know, when we signed our first two teams, July, August 2018, so it was actually after the, the crash-ish of Bitcoin, uh, we signed Paris Saint-Germain and Juventus. And listen, let's not be naive. The reason they signed with us at first is was because we were paying them. There was money up front. There is a mi- what we call minimum guarantee, which is very common in, in sports or in general. And we give you a minimum guarantee. The same way Nike give them a minimum guarantee to print and sell the jersey, I'm going to give you a minimum guarantee to print and sell a token. And the difference is we're going to try to build utility for that token and we're going to build a network, uh, a, a range of services and benefits. We've been very lucky because till early 22, mid 22, we generated a, a significant amount of revenue for all of these clubs. And I'm talking in hundreds of millions of dollars. So we've proven our point, I would say, by actually providing a new revenue stream for this team. That was true during COVID, but that was true after COVID as well. 2022 is a little bit different because the, we, we are still, at least for now, uh, crypto dependent. Uh, we are still, uh, you know, our digital asset, the fan tokens being traded, being available in the market, uh, are, are still uh, dependent of the market. So yes, we are suffering the same way any other digital asset related entity will suffer. But the difference, I guess, after five years of existing and operating our business is that we, we don't have any more to prove anything to the teams. The teams work with us. They are happy to work with us. We've proven as a general, uh, being able to generate an income, being able to generate an engagement, being able to think out of the box. Uh, I'll give you an example we've done recently. Uh, Mid-January in Saudi Arabia, there was the final of something called the Super Supercoppa, the Italian one, where you had AC Milan and uh, Inter Milan playing together. And whoever had a token of either Inter Milan or AC Milan would have been able to bid auction on the balls, actually the goals that were scored during that game. So literally, and I was there, every time there was a goal that was scored, there was 3-0 for Inter, we had the referee taking the ball out of the field, putting an NFC chip. We put that in a nice box. We filmed it. It was live on TV, etc. And then we got that back to our office. We added the, we added the metadata uh, on the, 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 actually making an NFT technically with the metadata as who scored the game, what's the link of the video of that, uh, the goal, uh, the video uh, link to that goal, etc. And here you are, uh, if you are an Inter fan, you have a chance to actually bid not only on the real ball that was scored, but also to have information about it. And that was um, very interesting because it's the first time it was it happened. Uh, it creates utility to the teams or to the token, but it's us who are spending energy resources to do that and try then to eventually scale that either for the whole league or for different events. And so my point here is we are spending an intensive amount of work and resources and people, hence why we are 300, to actually bring utility uh, uh, that are not just digital, that are in the real life. Uh, I think last year we gave 17,000 tickets, 17. We had to build a team to give away these tickets for the token holders. So that's a crazy part of our business. And aside on, I've got a lot of questions to ask. Tickets, have you not thought of getting the clubs to do these as NFTs? Yes and no. So because we know each other for two years, I'm going to try to be as less bullshit as I can. Um, we believe that our journey, the, at least the socios.com and Chili's journey, is not about to is not about replacing something. It's about to enhance it. And we believe that our journey is about trying to engage and monetize the 99% of people that are not in the stadium and not trying to do a gimmicky thing on top of the 1% people that goes in the stadium. And the reason I'm saying that is because whoever goes to the stadium today, it works. They, 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 they go, they pay their Visa, MasterCard, whatever, hot dog, it works. They don't need us. They get their ticket. Can they get a collectible out of it? The answer is yes. Is it us? Is it someone else? I don't know, but the answer is yes. But at the end, it's only 20 times a year. When you look at soccer matches or- And it's uh, a small number general, of people. And it's, 40, 000, and it's more or less in average 40,000 people who, is the, who kind of don't need us. They already have their experience. They have the best time of their life. So because we really don't have too much value to provide there, we do think that our play is to try to really focus outside of the stadium. It doesn't mean we're not going to do anything in the stadium, uh, but our main focus is actually outside. So, right. The question I want to talk about, you mentioned it. I'd love to hear your thoughts is 
price volatility. Yes. Right? There's some elements of price volatility are fine. Is the ecosystem vibrant? But the problem is, is this is also grabbing the volatility of the crypto space when it's not necessarily part of the the fan engagement. Have you thought about whether these should be openly tradable or whether they should be closed economies for the clubs? Um, Using well, the same should... architecture, you know, you've got the, all the architecture there, but... but... But but you mean that they would be paired one for one? I mean, uh, one uh, uh, fixed price or something like that? Well, Reddit, for example, they're non-fungible with money. Yeah. So what they've got is this loyalty reward system that allows them to get the rewards and things within, whether it's tickets or experiences, but it doesn't have to be fungible, i.e. you can't sell it again. So you're creating an ecosystem that's less volatile. It should be volatile because it's the it's the vibrancy of the of the club and the community around it. So that needs to reflect that, but not uh, as much as people will hate me saying that, I kind of I'm kind of okay with the actually no, I don't like the volatility uh, and and but I like the trading component of it. And I, I'm a believer, and it's true with tickets, it's true with sneakers, it's true with collectibles in general. Volatility matters because it actually gives value to what you have. Uh, actually, not volatility, trading component. The fact that you have a secondary market gives value to what you own. And I believe that the, the problem we are facing in a way is we don't have enough casual uh, fans or casual users in general. Uh, like any cycle of innovation, the first generation of users that's going to come in what we do are, by definition, early adopters. And if they are early adopters, in our case, there is a significant part that are crypto enthusiasts, people that under, they, they see what we do, they understand immediately, then they're going to gain it or not, but they understand what we are doing. And these, are the, these early adopters are more crypto enthusiasts, and then they're going to interact a little bit more or trade more than a casual fan that doesn't understand yet fully what we're trying to achieve because he doesn't see the full picture and therefore it's more uh, it's more expensive to acquire him it's more expensive to retain him um, and we, we need to find a balance where between the early adopters and the mainstream uh, users uh, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be balanced and that's going to take a few years because at the end the reality is we are two years old I mean the company is five years old we launched our product uh, end of 18 early 23 uh, early 2020 but Real business started end of 2020, early 2021. So technically, we are a two-year-old ecosystem that need to learn a lot, um, and and we've learned a lot. And we know also that one of our main job in, in 2023 is to fully open the ecosystem. We we've been too much relying on ourselves on socials.com, and, and and our motto in 2023 is a uh, fan token everywhere, and that's why we're launching our new blockchain. Uh, it's to allow any developer any startups to start to engage and build uh, with fan tokens. So it's not just on us anymore. It's really uh, decentralized in that way. And that's going to increase the value, not financially, but the value as a fan uh, significantly. Um, again, lots to talk about here. So how volatile are the individual clubs tokens versus the Chili's token? Is that kind of normalized? So therefore, the Chili's token is the same as the crypto space with you know liquid global liquidity and all that stuff. How yeah. how volatile is a Paris Saint Germain versus Valencia, you know, whatever it may be? Uh, I don't comment too much uh, for legal reason about this. Uh, I, I'd say that in a way, very uh, definitely not individually. Uh, in a way, it's very similar to the crypto market. Uh, at least the ones that are listed on uh, Binance or Upbeat in Korea or Paribu in Turkey or Mercado Bitcoin in Brazil. Um, all of these uh, digital asset uh, fan tokens that are listed, uh, they, 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 there is a decent uh, connection with Bitcoin and the crypto market in general, um, but they do react differently. You, you will have some teams that will react at least temporarily related to uh, sports patterns, uh, like during the World Cup uh, happens, during some league match, Champions League or stuff like this. Uh, but you know, one, of course, you cannot predict. Two, there is zero guarantee. So we are just spectators there. We're trying to understand. But sometimes there is nothing to understand. The market being the market, uh, it does what it does. At the end, our journey is about providing this market, providing the utility, uh, and then people will do what they have to do. So let's talk about this utility, um, what it means for the fan. Because, you know, yes, there's a trading element, fine. But the actual thing is 
The clubs are engaging their fans and giving them some way of tying together loyalty outside of watching it on TV, right? Because it's a weird old world that clubs with such a big reach have so few ways of talking to their fans and 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 kind of offering them stuff. It, it's it, it's difficult. What we've learned after five years is that teams teams are bad in being innovative technology because 100% of the revenue they're trying to generate, they always try to reinvest that in players to compete with the other team because uh, they have to pay the better player, etc., etc. It's a very unfair business where uh, all the money goes to the players and actually there is not much left to innovation or, or even funds, and uh, I, I would probably argue. Um, the um, For, for a fun, if, if you think about the uh, selling point or USB kind of uh, conversation, it's simple. Is what does what a fan want uh, when he when he likes a team? Beside the fact that he would like the team to win, there is two things that matter. One being recognized that you, a team owner, tells me a random Joe that I belong to the community, that I'm part of that community. I'm a fan 3.0. I'm a super fan. Doesn't matter the definition, but I'm part of this. And because I'm part of this, I have a voice. As actually as a fun fact, uh, fan tokens, which is a trademark that we own. But in 2018, when we, we started to pitch fan tokens, the first version were called voice token because we were giving, we were giving a voice uh, to, the, to the fans. Uh, and when we started to pitch that, uh, people thought, oh, you're launching a new Skype or a new telecom company. So we, we shifted from voice to fan. Um, and it worked well. But the, the basic of it is really about giving me a relationship uh, where suddenly I can participate I can benefit and I'm part of a community because at the end, that's what's going to matter. It's being part of the community. We do fan tokens, could have been NFTs, could be a, a different digital asset. We believe that fungible is way more scalable than NFTs and I'm happy to have this conversation. But we, we, we for, for us, it's about the recognition, the benefits that you get. You get a 10% discount, 20% discount if you buy online. You get uh, 17,000 tickets, VIP experiences, whatever. There is a lot of things, the, the ball uh, or, and all these things. There is a lot of utility that either we build, that the team is building. And in 2023, that's third party are going to be. I think we haven't seen yet the full scope of all the utility that can be built with me owning a fan token, going to the McDonald's here in the street. And because there is someone else that built the link that if I own a fan token and I go to McDonald's, I get 10% because it's next to the stadium or it's next to a Nike shop that is a sponsor of that team, I get a discount. So there, there is a lot of things that, that can be invented for that. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. How do, how do fans earn tokens? Or is it only purchasing? Can they earn them from the community that the club have a treasury that they reward good fan engagement? Yes. So the... Um... So the fund, so technically we as a company are the issuer or rather we have a dedicated company that is the issuer of, of all these fan tokens. So the team is never, the team or the league is never the owner uh, of the fan tokens. Um, there is, so I'll take Barcelona as an example. I think the Barcelona fan token uh, treasury is 75% at least, well, no, no. Yeah, 75% at least uh, of, uh, of the, of the total supply. So there is a fixed supply. There is a certain amount that was sold during the fan token offering and during the trading uh, events all over the years. Uh, and there is a, a certain amount. This amount can be used either to be uh, traded and to be sold, which is the main purpose of it as a revenue, but also there are campaigns that are uh, organized to ticket season holder, but again, it's always a for the same 40,000 people, or some operation that we are working. In Brazil, for example, we, go, we are working, we are planning to work with a massive, uh, how can I say that, uh, retail uh, operator that has like 50 million users and they're going to reward their users with fan tokens that they're either going to buy or we're going to give from their favorite teams in the country. So you, you, you can see 
loyalty being rewarded at some point uh, with these tokens. The question is which loyalty? Loyalty of you attending a match? Yeah. We could have a QR code where you go in the stadium. But again, it's always the same guys that's going to do that. Is it loyalty because you're watching a match? I could have my phone. I put my phone. I watch the, the thing that is a QR code popping up. I can scan it. So a proof of attendance. We will announce few uh, initiatives around that. But it's, it's difficult to find what is loyalty. The same way it's difficult to find what is a fan. Uh, you know, there, there is this endless conversation about, uh, and especially in the UK where uh, all fan of uh, Manchester City that lives in Japan or Turkey are the same fans than someone who lives in Manchester. In my eyes, yes, they are. Uh, because otherwise it's discrimination. I, I can be as passionate as you wherever I live. I, I have the exact same passion. I was just not lucky enough to, to be born uh, next to the city. But actually, I read, I think last week, uh, a survey where only 13% of the fans in the UK and the most European countries or choosing their team based on the geography. So there, there is no reason we should focus on the fact that only the fan, as the Super League will call them, and it's a bad word, legacy fans, uh, will be the only untitled fans. I, I, I think that fans is a sum of tribes. It's a very broad range of tribes all over the world. You and I are consuming sports differently. And yes, we are fans. And, and that's why there is a need of different product could be fan tokens, could be any other things uh, that will have to be launched at some point by us, by the teams, by third party that reach a, a few percentage of different tribes. How do you get people together? Right, so part of being a community, being a fan is the community, right? And it spills out on whether it's whether it's on Twitter or whether it's on OneFootball or whether it's on all of these platforms it feels like that's a component part that needs to get solved better. I mean, you can't solve everything. I get that, right? Yeah. People need to build on your network. People need to build on your network. We'll come to that. But it feels that Filipino fan of Man United or Barcelona or whoever wants to feel as connected as the guy in Nigeria as the person in England. And they should, as yeah. you're saying, they're equal. They're fans. Should be on title. Yeah. So... Well, the first concern is there is Facebook for that. There are many uh, Facebook fan groups, page, whatever, communities that exist in Indonesia. Philippines is not very big in football, but in uh, Indonesia, it's massive. Like literally uh, the biggest fan base on Facebook or in Indonesia for Premier League team or wow. Barca and others. And, and, and Nigeria, it's funny that you said Nigeria because Nigeria is massive as well. Uh, and in, um, on Facebook, so you have this community, people arguing about the clubs, uh, saying that they need to fire the... Uh, that player all the time. Is it the role of a club to actually become the operator of this? Probably not. I think it is fair that it has to be decentralized, which is already the case. Is everybody creates their own community. Could you have the fact that on that community on Facebook, if I own a token of that team, I get maybe some benefits or get some reward? That's interesting. Um, so F Facebook launched experiences recently called Token Gated, where if you own an NFT of something, you could potentially have access to, to uh, something else. It creates some issues with Apple and uh, iOS. Uh, and it's very annoying, but it is interesting. They do that with NFTs for now. They don't do that with fungible token. Uh, at some point, they will. Uh, and I think we have a play for us. Um, we, on socials.com as an app, we do have, and we had actually some chat rooms and stuff like this. They don't work very well. Uh, yeah, I, I will tell you something. Uh, I used to um, work in uh, online sports betting uh, like 15 years ago. Um, and when I launched in 2004, so yeah, that's a long time ago, 19 years ago, uh, an online sports betting company licensed in the UK, um, my first thought as an entrepreneur was, oh, imagine you have a sports book where you're also going to have the information about the, uh, the team, the weather, uh, literally the weather of the team where they are playing and all that stuff. Because at the end, it's great to have everything in the same place. And the answer to that is no. A sports betting platform, it's where you do sports betting. Then you go on uh, on, uh, on the Telegraph or you go on the uh, Eurosports or any uh, dedicated sports property because that's what they do it. And, and sometimes I think the, the, the dream of we should add everything at the same time is actually a wrong answer, especially in Web3. Uh, what could be relevant is having a link between all of them. And that's where a token 
whatever the token it is, um, could become relevant. And once we open the chain uh, and open the platform, then you could uh, end up having social media and communities developing tools for that. So you have a Discord we'll have a Discord channel we'll have a server where there will be like 500,000 Barca fans. We have no link with them. But if you have a Barca token, maybe you, become, you have a new badge in your Discord uh, profile and maybe you get additional value. Who knows? Yeah, and I, I look, at, it's really interesting to see that Meta, you know, Facebook are moving down this direction. Their team are great people. They kind of know what they're doing. I've had conversations with Google. They kind of know what they're doing as well. So it's coming, but it's slow. But I think you're, you're going to see the integration. But you, you guys are still pioneers here because there's basically what you're doing, Ape, the Ape token, and that's about it at any scale. You know, I've been a huge believer, as you have, in this fungible yeah. tokens. I, I believe in the non-fungible. We'll talk about that in a sec. But this fungible token idea is massive. But, it, you know, it's hard work, and you, you guys have been pioneering it along with, <laughs> with Yuga. So talk to me about this, the new chain, why you, uh -huh. why you created the new chain, and then how you're thinking of creating network effects by allowing other people to build on it. Because this is, I think, maybe the big unlock for you guys. Yes, and, and honestly, it is. What, what has been, the reason we've been successful one way or another the last five years, it's because we protected the interest of the teams. And the difference between Ape slash uh, Border Apes uh, NFTs and what we do is the Border Apes have no legacy. They came, I guess, three years ago, something like that. And it's a brand new uh, IP. We work with 100 years old IPs. That comes with a massive legacy, massive liabilities, massive restriction, et cetera, et cetera. And so we have to be way more careful. We cannot do what we want. We, the club, everybody cannot do what they want. Um, and so, and the reason I'm saying that is because for the last five years, we've been very protective. We are trying to protect this. The reason the teams started to work with us is because we, we thought not as a Web3 company, we thought as a sports company, um, how to work with these people. Uh, now we feel comfortable in the, in the, where we are, and the fan tokens are already on the chain. Actually, they are, we call that cheese chain 1.0, which is connected to Binance and all the exchanges all over the world. There is like 20 or 30, I don't know. Uh, and there is, yeah, there is almost 2 million wallet uh, open there. So it's a decent number for something that is small, at least in, in our case. Uh, and the reason and that started in 2019. So the what we are launching now is we are opening that chain and we are upgraded it. Upgrade. Did it. Well, upgraded. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the French thing. Uh, and, um, and the reason we do that is because we realize that we cannot be the, the sole provider of the utility to actually have this token uh, successful. We need to have as many developers as possible to jump in. So the new chain, what we call Chili's Chain 2.0, which was minted as a Genesis the 8th of February, which was our fifth anniversary, um, and that will be launched by end of March, early April. This chain is just an EVM, uh, same, and it's a, it's a fork of Ethereum and, BS, and actually BNB. Um, and the difference is, again, in order to protect the IP, we, we, we made it like, we, we go step by step, like everything we've done in the past, and we have a governance where only the governance can approve an, uh, an address to issue an asset, meaning that there, there will be a, a whitelisting process for whoever wants to launch assets on that chain will have to be approved by the governance. And the reason that happened is to make sure there is no scam or at least less scam or less uh, spam uh, on the chain. And it's a curated kind of chain for the sports and entertainment brands. Because these brands we're working with, Barca, City, they don't want to have their token next to Ethereum or BSC or holders where everybody can manipulate manipulate as a data and as a te technically uh, the, the chain. So they, they want to be a little bit protected. So we are more of a web 2.5, 2.6 than 3.0 in that way. But that's fine because over time, this will grow and, and the governance will grow. Uh, that's a proof of stake, proof of authority of stake uh, chain uh, where you eventually, and that's interesting, where you as a fan, you as a team can potentially get exposed to the success, whatever that means, or at least to have an access to the success of that uh, network because your own is there is staking, therefore there is rewards. The, the chain is providing rewards to whoever is staking their uh, uh, chilies. And my dream, 
not going to happen tomorrow morning, but my dream is to have every single sports team to become a node and a validator uh, of that uh, chain. And we are just a spectator out of it. Uh, and that's how it would be run. And then the fans, either through their chilies or their fan tokens, could somehow have an exposure into the governance uh, and, uh, and the chain uh, and the network. And the network effect, when we say network effect, it's obviously not technology. Uh, technology, oh my God, I'm tired. It's not a technology. It's about the fact that we have 100 plus teams and that a fan of Barcelona is also a fan a bit of PSG because of Messi and also a fan of the UFC and maybe Formula One because of Netflix. So the more we aggregate this IP, the more developers are going to come and develop services. You know, how many chain you know and have barely any utility except DeFi and whatever TNV things uh, that, that are on it. We have users that come and now we're going to have developers that's going to provide services to these users. And we, uh, as socials, we're still going to continue to try to onboard new IPs, new utility into the mix. We are very, obviously we are very bullish, but we are very confident that it's going to bring more value to the fans, more value to the teams, and more value to the network. Now, how do you, it, it's complicated because of the IP rights, but, you know, let's say I want to build a token-gated game around football clubs. Yeah. Right, which is what you'd want because we could get hundreds of millions of users. Yeah. The issue is, is the clubs won't allow it. So they will allow you to create a game where you need a token because token is free uh, to, uh, to have access. What they will not allow you if you don't engage with them is the fact that if you want to use their logo, the image of the player or the name of the player in a game, this you have to pay anyway. Has nothing to do with us. You have to play FIFA, FIFA Pro, uh, the league or the team itself. So we actually have two games already uh, that signed uh, to be on board in Chase Chain um, who have relationship with clubs. But what's interesting is we as socials.com and Chile's, we're going to start to become also a broker, an agency to help developers to connect with these teams. Uh, because if they have a good idea, they want to scale it. Well, we already have the token. We have the infrastructure. We have some users, customers. But we also can connect you with the team if you need extra IP. You're going to have to pay them, nothing related to us. But still, we're going to be able to accelerate that because we already have access to this. So in your head in this kind of future state, what are people building on the chain? Because it is, I, I find it it's hard because of the restrictions. So people will have to be unique because you can't even sell merchandise because anything that shows a player, uh, a brand, anything, uh, you have to play and the clubs are not easy to negotiate with and it's expensive so what what's in your head that people so, can do now it could be a well, bigger brand to do this right so somebody big with money could do it fine. Yeah. but how do we get others well, it, I, I guess the uh, the standard developers are going to work more on p2p transaction and how as a community you could build stuff actually because you own this token or that token that give you access like building bridges or token gated platform and tools that's going to connect, connect to uh, existing uh, social media and platform. That would be my first uh, thought. Um, we're going to work a lot and we're going to invest in uh, what we call um, uh, certificate, uh, certificate of authentication. So what I said for the balls, uh, we are doing that for uh, jerseys as well. So you could imagine at some point that uh, every club has actually a different provider usually for, the, for their jersey. Uh, of course, it's Nike or Adidas or Puma who supply the jersey, but then there is different platform that does that. We make an announcement in March with this, but you could imagine that you own a jersey, we add an NFC chip here, you put your phone, either with socials or not socials, it goes on cheese chain and it gives you the metadata of that jersey. These days, actually, a significant limit less opportunity uh, around that, where if you if you have in your wallet the uh, the jersey plus the fan token plus something else that be triggered that could trigger the fact that you're a super, super, super fan uh, or, or whatever experiences. Um, ticketing, even though I don't want to do ticketing myself, I do believe we can bring value or the chain and, and, uh, and services can be... Have you spoken be, to the Ticketmaster uh, guys yet? Yeah? I know. I mean, we spoke, but Ticket my US is a very specific uh, country where there is actually a massive monopoly, which they get in trouble for actually right now. Uh, and, and so US, they, we don't touch... They've given out 10 million NFTs. Because they made yes. their ticket wallet Web3. So yep. you go to a game or a concert and they drop an Elton John NFT because you went to an NFT. 
I, I was at the Super Bowl. Actually, I was at the Super Bowl and I received an email from the NFL giving an adult was Ticketmaster giving me an NFT of that. But yeah, but so what? What's next? Uh, what, 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 what are you going to do after? Uh, it's cool. I mean, don't take me wrong. It's cool. They send an NFT. Me, you know, and you're, you're an expert in the game, but for, for me, and I'm sure you will agree, NFT is a tech. It's not a product. Uh, so uh, until now, we haven't perfectly defined what's the best product to build out of NFT. Actually, fan token is a product on a tech that of fungible tokens. But what are the best usage of NFT? I, I don't have the answer. Certification for sure. Uh, and we are doing that. Uh, proof of attendance. And there, there is many things. But from a membership point of view, uh, you know, uh, Board Apes, it's 10,000 people. That's great. That's great for Board Apes. But Barcelona, they have 100 million, 300 million fans. They're never going to reach that audience. But they could reach a million users uh, easily. Uh, and, and so you cannot have a million NFTs that make sense for that. So or at least we don't think so. Maybe there's the opportunity, right? So if we look at one of the vibrancies of the Ethereum ecosystem has been NFTs, and we've seen it in Solana as well. So if people came and built NFT experiences on the Chili's 2 chain, that was scalable. And yep. whatever that means, I don't know, whether it's tickets or whether it's whatever that is, that feels like that's going to generate a lot of on-chain activity yep. and make it much broader than the just the pure fungible token side of it. Yeah, if we if we think, and, 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 we, and we can disagree on that, if we think that NFTs is a bigger thing that fun tokens, and the reality is I should not care as, as a chain because the chain is agnostic. Whoever is building digital assets, if they are successful, they are successful. So we're going to embrace it big time. So, uh, we're going to... So yeah. why don't we... Why don't you think about something like, okay, fine, you go to Barcelona and say, let's roll out an entire NFT program. You don't care because you get the chain activity. Mm -hmm. They make the money like Adidas and Nike and everybody else has started to do. And it completely explodes the value of the Chili's chain because the clubs are now selling digital goods themselves with their own IP. They capture the ecosystem. I mean, that's quite a big game changer. Yeah, well, you could even do that by offering like the apes did in a way is like only the fan token holder of Barca could actually have a mint drop or whatever of uh, you, you need Barca tokens to draw, to mint your uh, Barca NFT and that's something that will make sense today it's not possible but it will be possible in, uh, by July um, and, and that's the kind of things we are exploring I, I don't think it's a end or or situation a situation I think we have to experiment a ton of things um, and, and the, the difference I would say between fan tokens, I believe that fan tokens are a little bit more casual and mainstream the way we see them, while NFTs, as you know them and as we design them today or talk about them today, are a little bit more exclusive uh, and therefore less scalable. Uh, we tried a different product. Keep in mind that a club like Barca has 137 members, which are called the socials or social, uh, which are the real owner ish. Uh, of the clubs and they are the governance of the clubs technically. And, and so the, these clubs, this association, they were educated to try to bring communities. Um, I, I'm a strong believer in that. And for us, I, I think what limited us the last five years, and that's ironic, was the fact that we were maybe mono product uh, and a little bit like focused on just one thing. And in 2023, it's going to be completely the opposite, where because of the chain, but also because of socials, you, you could argue that socials.com as an app could become a web tree border that is dedicated to the sports space, where I have my wallet, my fan tokens, I have my NFT related to Barca and to another tips. And the gamification, which is very important, we do a massive amount of gamification in the you know, app, where every day you have to log in, you have rewards, milestone, X point. Uh, you can redeem this point to get the tickets. That's actually how it works. Um, so this could, we, we could become an aggregator of thousands of different third-party ideas and, 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 and uh, initiatives that we gamify and that we bring uh, and we connect together.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And how are you seeing globally different regions engaging? Because you've done stuff in the US now, you've got stuff in Asia, you've got stuff in the Middle East. Talk me through two levels. One is the clubs and and their reception yeah. and the authority, you know, the regulators and all of that. How are you seeing the global playing field? Then we'll talk about how the fans are different around the world as well with their engagement. Well, fans are different, clearly different everywhere in the world. I'd say that what we've learned I'll put US uh, a bit aside because in US we haven't launched in a significant way any uh, big uh, NBA token or NFL token because of regulation. Uh, actually, the FTX drama kind of killed the momentum uh, there for us in the US. So we were a bit frustrated because we invested a lot, a lot of money, dozens and dozens of millions of dollars. Um, but we're going to have to wait at least a year, if not more, uh, to actually have traction there. So that's a big fr- frustration. Uh, outside of the, the, the rest of the world, um, I'm in Spain right now. I'm in our office in Madrid. Uh, we work with Barça, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, uh, Valencia, and a few others. Yet, Spain is not a big domestic market for us. Why? Because Spanish fans don't really need, uh, you know, us to engage with their teams. Uh, and Spanish fans are not very big on international teams, except when they are Spanish players, but barely. Um, on the other end, emerging markets... Turkey, yeah, because in Brazil. Spain, I lived in Spain for a long time, every newspaper, every TV channel, every conversation in every bar, yeah. so they're fully engaged. Their lives are fully engaged. And so, they, you know, we, we, and that's true in the UK as well. Now, the, these markets are not markets where we have a big footprint. We work with the local teams, we work with City, Arsenal, Barca and others, but we, we see ourselves as a partner to engage with international teams. That's why our app uh, international international audience. Right, yeah. um, our, our app is translated, I think, in 13 languages, and we have actually customer care and everything in the, probably 10 languages because uh, Korea is big, Turkey is big, Turkey is our biggest market historically. Uh, Brazil right now is actually our biggest market in terms of user acquisition. Uh, Middle East in 2021 was decent. Um, so we, we see that uh, you, you could argue that a Korean fan of Barca will always have less interaction than someone who is based in Spain about Barca, even if he's not in Barcelona. And, and so we bring more value to people that are not in the country of the team they are supporting. And that's where we, as a company, we can invest and we can build features for that. Because a team themselves, including Barcelona, cannot afford to build an international strategy to monetize international funds. It's not scalable and sustainable for one team. If we pull that and we create this network effect, having offices everywhere and, and, and people working on it, then it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a really exciting. It's all of those marginalized fans that are outside and it makes total sense to bring them in and then you can create a more valuable ecosystem, both for um, Chile's token holders, but also for the clubs themselves and the fans themselves, you know, and value being in the broadest definition of the word. Yeah. I asked you this last time. Do you wish you'd never started this journey? No, Anthony, I don't think I'm Because it's so, just, it's, what you're doing is you were really early in, yeah. in two things. One was fan tokens or community tokens, social tokens, utility tokens, whatever you want to call them, that you were probably the earliest at any ambition. And you went to the football clubs who are <laughs> really hard to deal with. So you, you chose something, you know, I, I admire what you've done because you two chose the hardest path. So <laughs> thanks. we were definitely the first one and till today we more or less are the only one in that space. I, I'll tell you a couple of things. Um, I don't like the term social token, for example, because I've been asked a few times, oh, like fan tokens, they are like social tokens. It was very trendy in the US to have social tokens platform and stuff like that. I don't believe in social tokens. I don't believe in individual tokens. I don't believe in athlete token too much because people die, people retire, people cheat. And, and therefore, it's very difficult to create a digital asset linked to one person that doesn't have an infrastructure 
and the lifespan is uh, five years, 10 years max in terms of a brand. Um, so I'm very much against that. We, we've been offered the biggest name in the world in soccer, especially in football. Hey, do you want to do the token of that player or that player? Can we make a ton of money? Yes. But we always said no, because we don't see the long-term play and the sustainability. And, and, and that's why we, we are very careful in what we do. We are very slow as well. And now we actually become too big where everything we do is slower, which is very annoying. Um, but because we are very careful from a regulatory point of view, we, we are licensed in few countries. We are either regulated or approved slash letter of the, of the regulators saying that's fine. So we, we do the things very, very thoroughly. Um, and there was the CEO of uh, in New York. So I will uh, let you figure out of the, one of the biggest NFT platform marketplace. I had breakfast with him uh, like six months ago. And he asked me, uh, will you, you do the same thing uh, today, knowing what you know today? And especially his question was, will you do fungible, fungible token, token versus NFT? And I said, oh, yes, I will do exactly the same. Uh, because I do believe that what we do is right. The way we are doing it is also right. As much as we can suffer of the market and, and everything. And yes, it is difficult to work with sports team and football in general. Um, but I do believe that eventually we do bring value to the fans, to the ecosystem, to bring a new revenue stream. Uh, it is naive to think that sports property don't need new revenue. They do need new revenue. Uh, either it comes from sponsoring, uh, TV rights, or anything else. Uh, at the end, if you can give me something that is valuable and it costs me $10, $50, or $500, it doesn't matter if it's valuable uh, as a service, as, an, as, a, as a benefit. Nobody force you to do it. Um, and yes, and, and a, a last thing as well is football. Our first white paper, actually not our first, our white paper of Chile's when we did a private placement early 18, our first focus was actually esports. We were like, well, we're going to revolution esports. Esports is like the like common sense of what we should do. It's digital. Everybody's going to get it. Well, it took us three months to realize that esports, we're never going to make it if we try to, uh, to do it. And we shifted up. In less than three months, we shifted on esports first, football maybe in two years, to football first and esports later. Because in esports, audience is very uh, doesn't have any money, very di uh, dispersed. It's everywhere in the world, so it's actually you don't have a base. Uh, the turnover is massive between teams. Players turnover is massive. The players that uh, they, they change every two three years, um, and also you are at the mercy of the game publisher that actually all the IP that you are trying to monetize. So uh, if you're not in the good papers of EA or PUBG or uh, Activision Blizzard, you can do nothing. Uh, so we realized that it makes way more sense to go with established fan base to try to bring value to them in football sports, in football teams, and also the difference between football in Europe and sports in the US. In US, it's very centralized with the NBA, NFL, MNB, etc. In the rest of the world, more or less, it's completely fragmented. So you, you can actually make deals with 10 teams and never talk to the league. So that gives you actually a leverage to make things happen uh, because you're not at the mercy of one. And that's how we scaled. So none of us know the future, but if there's one application that changes the game and finally unlocks what, what this is, what do you think it's going to be? Obviously, you'll be dead wrong, but I'm just... But what do you think it yeah. might be? Right? You know, we don't know. None of us know, right? What do you think it might be? The big unlock. So everybody goes, "I get this. This is part of my fandom now. This is. We should all have this." What could do that? Um, I I don't think I have the answer. Interesting me. I do believe that the foundation of what we do, which originally is the recognition and the voice, is what we should try to excel, which is very difficult. Recognition is me in the street or in the metaverse being able, let me just, to uh, show you my phone and show you that, oh, I'm a super fan of Barcelona. That's the ultimate rec recognition. Bragging rights is mass alpha. Bragging rights is super valuable. If I can show to anyone that I'm the number one fan in my home city in Thailand of Barcelona, this is valuable. If I can show that I'm number five and I need to compete somehow, either by logging every day, doing a, a move to earn or whatever thing to go up that ladder and be the number one fan, that's valuable. And because I'm a number one fan, I'm listened uh, by the club, that's valuable. Uh, 
that I still believe it's the foundation. That's not transactional. That's community uh, focused. That's that's a social status. Going back to socials.com. Um, and then the step after the social status and the recognition and the voice is definitely transactional. Actually, the more we grow, the more I would probably don't like to promote what we do as a fan engagement, but as a fan transactional platform, because buying a jersey, buying a, a match worn jersey, a ball, a ticket, everything is transactional. It's fan engagement, but it's transactional. And I think that's what we, we, we should try to capture. Um, and it's not it's not bad to talk about money when we talk about fans. That's not true. Uh, sure, the, the the hot dog in the stadium should have a cap price, but that's not what we were talking about. We we're talking about fans everywhere in the world that are actually all fans and don't know what to buy or what to do to get closer to the team. And that's what we need to answer. And anyone that is listening to the to the to, to the to the video today. I'll be happy to tell you that we are launching something called the Cheese World Tour, which will be a, 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 a world tour of hackathons in stadium. So we're going to create hackathons in Paris Saint-Germain Stadium, in Inter Milan Stadium, in FC Barcelona, in Sports Arena, etc. And we want developers from all over the world to actually gather in every of this arena um, to actually build what is the future of uh, fan engagement. And um, no, I think it's I think it's super exciting. I know the big unlock is there. You've done actually the foundational hard work, right? That's what you've done is the hard work, which gives you a huge moat. And now it's that unlock moment that can come. And, you know, I can still see you're trying to figure out product market fit. Is it transactional? Is it this? Is it that? It'll come. And the more people you get building on that network that you're trying to do yeah. with these hackathons, the higher probability is somebody's going to come up with it. And you don't have to do it. And you don't have to hire yet another 300 bloody people. <laughs> no, and another thing, and, and, and you will create value for whoever is going to develop that. We already have the IPs. We have the people to support customer care and regulatory. So we, we bring an infrastructure and a framework for whoever has good ideas and knows how to code. Alex, as ever, fascinating conversation. Uh, I wish you well. You look remarkably fresh considering the amount of work that you do, <laughs> but, but well done. I have an amazing, I, I have an amazing team. And uh, we will catch up again as we keep going through this story because, you know, I've been following you guys closely from day one. So well done. Thanks. I appreciate it. Bye. See you. See ya. So there you go. Alex is up to a huge amount as ever. And he's pioneering, trying different strategies, constricted within this old world of IP and certain rights. But I really find his passion and enthusiasm to find the big unlock amazing. And I think his idea about creating an open network of which people can build on is exactly the right thing because he can't just keep scaling people to try and do this. He needs to bring out others and offer opportunities. And I think that's a true part of the Web3 world. And I can see him now really understanding what Web3 is at a larger scale, not just blockchain technology for unlocking fans, but allowing other people to build on the network. So. I'll check in with Alex as we go to find out where he gets to with probably the biggest experiment in the world in social tokens, or in his case, fan tokens.